Hey, all you cool cats and kittens, this is a polka dance. <laughs> It's already off the rails. I'm Pokedad Rick. <laughs> I'm Pokedad Rick. Pokedad Scott. I'm Pokedad Aaron. And we have a special guest with us, Danny Ostrike. How are you, man? Mm. Um, I'm good. How are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, that was a really butcher introduction, but I feel like I'm gonna keep it because uh, you know what? Wait it's a second, real. did you say okay, my did real. you say my last name wrong on purpose? After trying to say it right, there's <laughs> no way he said that on purpose. <laughs> oh, I went. Was that on purpose? <laughs> I didn't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like you spent days asking me like the yeah. phonetic. Okay, a strike. There it is. Yeah. I got it. A strike. Okay. I mean, poof. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, a good man. start. The grudge. I was, so, I was so flustered on the whole cool cat thing. I lost, I lost my composure. That's new to both of us as well. Just so you know, okay. we've never heard that shit. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was all him, guys. So, Rick. Anyways, continue. Welcome back, Aaron. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, sorry I missed last week. What a. You know, it's all good. Life. What uh, what have you been doing these few weeks in quarantine to get stuff, whatever Me? life is right now? Yeah. Sure. Um, I have been doing about seven thousand projects with my wife because I am the hard labor. Um, on top of that, I am at least a couple of uh, at least Rick and Scott know I am a big D and D nerd. So I do a lot of homebrew work no. and stuff like that. I just, I know, surprise. Yeah. I just released a big um, update to my homebrew. So I actually hit uh, 100,000 views actually like about a month ago, which is pretty awesome. Congrats. So, nice. That's cool, man. Yeah. So that's kind of what I've been up to, kind of hard at work at that and doing a bunch of stuff around the house. How about you, Scott? Is it? <laughs> what have you been doing? Well, I got furloughed from the hospital a week and a half ago. Do you think that people working in hospitals would be necessary? But apparently not. Um, <laughs> counseling is not that important today, but it will be in about three months. So yeah. I've been cutting the grass and taking care of the kids, making dinner, um, playing Fallout 76 Wastelanders. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, if you're starved for something, play it. Um, it doesn't make up for the shit storm that was Fallout 76, but it definitely helps if you love Fallout. So give it a shot. Um, and I've been drinking more than I ever have in my entire life, which is not a lot, trust me, but it's definitely more than I ever have in my life. I don't have a problem. <laughs> so that's where I'm at currently. I'm going to North Carolina in a few days to visit uh, my mom and my dad. My mom has cancer, and she's feeling a little rough. My dad's not available no, to help out, that. so we're going to take a road trip. We are not going to fly because that's insane right now. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Rick? It's rough, yeah. For me, nothing nothing too much. I am still working part-time from home, and then I still go in three days a week on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday for four hours. And that's that's pretty much it. I'm still getting paid the same, so I'm lucky on that part. We we haven't really got hit much of the financial burdens outside of Shannon's. Um, Shannon's salary was cut by twenty five percent, so we had that 
But we're allowed to move payments and stuff like that. We have a wedding we're planning for a year from now, and then we have a, our baby son in July. So we're doing our best to save money and get ready for that situation. So I've just been doing a lot of commission work when it comes to drawings. I'm working on three of them right now. It's been a lot of fun. It's, um, I haven't really drawn this much in a very long time, and I feel <laughs> like I have carpet and tunnel all over again. But... It's been good. It's been good. I'm about to jump on Final Fantasy VII hopefully soon, so I'll get that, enjoy 40 hours of that, and then I'll go back into Pokemon with Rebel Clash jumping out in two weeks. Even though there's no competitive play, I want to see where some decks go and how they work. Especially when I'm by myself, I like to just shuffle my deck and then just draw like where I would get my first turn and you know plan it out yeah. that way. Because if the deck works well after two turns, maybe you got something. That's a, that's a good thing to know, kids. If you're trying to build a deck, and if it doesn't work well after your second turn, start over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hearing that you're extremely lonely and bored. <laughs> uh, good game. I'm actually... I have a dog. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> you have your dog. Uh, all right, Daddy, what about you, buddy? What's life in Wisconsin like? Uh, so me personally, so I'm kind of, um, my life hasn't changed at all, really. I still go to work every day, so I wake up and work 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, and I go, before this all happened, I was doing grocery shopping on Sundays, I still do grocery shopping on Sundays, and I'm on my way home from work, I'll still stop and pick up something occasionally, and I'm kind of in, like, Milwaukee isn't a really great area as far as COVID-19 goes, so there's quite a few cases that are out there. But I'm just like one of those essential workers, quote unquote, that needs to be at work. So life hasn't changed that much for me, which is good. I'm not complaining about that because obviously bringing in the paycheck is good. So yeah. So you, what about your wife? Your wife stay at home, or is she still working as norm? Yeah. So she already was working uh, part-ish time. So she works three days a week. Um, before and now she cut back to two days a week um, but sure she was working in an office and now she works from home so she gets to stay home with she takes care of the kids Monday Wednesday and Friday and then the kids hang out with my parents their grandparents on Wednesdays and Thursdays and then my wife works in her office at home how's she okay. liking the working from home I, I that's what I do for my job too but I just kind of curious someone else she was excited goes. about it originally and then when it started, now that she is actually doing it, she's not as big of a fan of it as she thought she would be. It's the kids. Interesting. It could be. Yeah. I mean, I have a... <laughs> uh, yeah, they're, they're very loud. So, especially when my one-year-old is trying to sleep, she doesn't like going down. She's gotten a lot better, but she doesn't like going down a lot for naps. So then she cries pretty hardcore, and she'll go, like... She she gets pissed. Like she'll go for hours if she has to. Like just crying until you come and get her. She's she's stubborn. Everyone, that's not <laughs> bullshit. My one and a half year old does the same thing, so I'm right there with you. It's it's awful. Mm-hmm. See, yeah, I have a yeah. ten year old, so I'm happy. Mine just stomps every so often, but <laughs> yeah, well, God shines upon the fucking wood household constantly. <laughs> Cheers, mate. <laughs> Cheers. So I've only got ten years, is what you're saying, and then exactly. it'll get better. Excellent. Exactly. That's all. It's all you have to wait for. 
Perfect. Yeah, we'll, yeah. Okay, I don't recall us being a good cup of tea when we were in high school. I don't either. <laughs> oh no, we were no. So you have that like little period between teenage years where you're really loud, and those younger years when you were really loud. There's just that like that middle point where they're kind of quiet for just the briefest time. Cherish that time. Look forward to it. <laughs> the All same right. from Scott. <laughs> Well, Danny, let's let's get a little segment about you. What um what got you into Pokemon in the first place? Um, so when I was in like eighth grade, I think my cousin was <clears throat> showing me his Pokemon cards, and I was like, "Oh, these are cool." I didn't really know anything about it, anything about the show. Um, but he showed me them, and we started like playing at recess, I guess, because we went to the same school. And I thought the game was cool and fun to play, and. I don't know what it was exactly that kind of drew me into it. It was kind of like the whole... I've always been a very competitive person, so the idea of like this card game that involved competitiveness kind of drew me in, as opposed to like, you know, actual playing cards. And it was something that I could actually compete in at tournaments or something like that. That thought kind of, you know, plus everybody was playing with the cards or everybody was collecting them at that at that time because it was kind of not too long after Pokemon had just come out. I think like Team Rocket was the set that had just been released. So everybody was getting into it. Um, so that kind of started everything and then everybody fell off and I just didn't for some strange reason. But I think that was part of it. Part of it was like I was a huge dork but I was a closet dork. Like a huge closet nerd. So at... <laughs> school like I was the jock and competitive guy who was like out playing soccer or baseball or basketball or whatever anybody wanted to play and then at home like my friends would go out like this is I'm talking high school now like major yeah. life issues yeah, right now sure. like I'm talking like my friends would go out hey you want to go out to a, a you want to hang out at like a party or do something ah no I'm I'm busy and really what I meant was I'm going to go down and hang out in my basement on Pokemon chat forums and talk to people about Pokemon <laughs> that's because awesome. I'm I'm 15 years old and 16 years old, and that's cool. Like, to me, that was cool. So, that like, I was kind of always surrounded by it, and I was involved in it. And I didn't dare tell my friends at that time, but that kept me going throughout, like, high school. And then I fell off a little bit in college. And then, like, after that, I sold all of my cards to help pay for um, our wedding. And then I sold, like, I got back into it, and that's when I first started, like, looking at the economic side of things. So I started buying in bulk and then reselling that, and then I sold all those to buy our house, and then I kind of got into it again, and then it became a much bigger thing. Nice. That literally sounds like Scott and Aaron and I in high school. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, no, that's except, 100% right. Except, yeah, yeah, high school, yeah. <laughs> except high school. Uh, our, our, our friends knew what we did, so we just yeah. hid it from everyone else. We would oh, just go good. to Aaron's true, house. Yeah. Yeah. Our, our group accepted us. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly. I mean, to be fair, in some cases, I, I cared less about than most. I, I had my Game Boy Advance oh, yeah. like, on the bus playing Pokemon with no problem whatsoever. He still cares less. He wears uh, jean shorts to weddings. So, Oh, jean shorts? Yeah. <laughs> Only you, shouldn't even, you shouldn't even own a pair of jean shorts anymore. I don't. <laughs> okay, good. I mean, I've never even worn jean I, I have never worn jean shorts to weddings, just to clarify. That was a joke. It's probably cargo khakis or something. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't have ever worn shorts to a wedding, I thank you. <laughs> I, I, I'm pleading the I don't recall, so it never happened. Okay, fair enough. So <laughs> you got in You got in around Team Rocket. That's when actually uh, Scott, Aaron, and I, we kind of fell off around Team Rocket. 
Yep. And then for okay. us, it was a gap until, you know, last spring when we got back into Pokemon. Yeah. Uh, wow. I found that super incredible, though, that you were able to just stay consistent with it because sometimes I wish I did, too. Like, I still collected certain things as I got older. Like, when the Amiibos dropped and Charizard was an Amiibo, I was like, I gotta mm-hmm. get him. Uh, even though I don't collect Pokemon, he's just always was my favorite, so I'm like, I collect things all the time, and my fiance would be like, why Why do you even collect these? And I'm like, it's got worth some money, you know? Awesome. The Charizard mm-hmm. now goes for like 60 bucks, so I was like, hey, I paid 10 bucks for it, you got that going for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 but I mean, we also, when we dropped off of Pokemon, though, because we moved to Yu-Gi-Oh! is what we ended up we did hey, not I did all that too. do that no not all of us sorry the cool ones of us moved to Yu-Gi-Oh I played Yu-Gi-Oh cool through like Pharaoh Servant like Jinzo was like oh, Jinzo yeah. was my my jam shit here we go I probably made it to like Legacy of Darkness before I was like I went to okay this is what I was I was the shit at Pokemon like I, nobody could beat me at Pokemon nobody played except me okay. so it was easy to beat everybody that I played against but I was like Dude, I'm crushing it at card games. Like, I'm amazing. So I'm like, I'm going to go find a local <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh tournament because I'm going to kill that too. I got destroyed. Like, they were, like, I way out of my league, and I was like, forget this, I'm done. And then I quit Yu-Gi-Oh. Back, to Pokemon. back to Pokemon. Nice. Yeah. Well, we we played for a very long time. We, yeah. we started when it launched with uh, Blue Eyes, and we went all the way to, I forgot what the last set was, but once they had the first ever ban list, this was probably like three or four years into it is when we dropped off. When I can't use Change of Heart, Mirror Force, and Regeki and Dark Hole, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I flipped over a Mirror Force in like round one, and the dude was like, "That you can't play that. And I'm like, oh, okay. I don't know anything about this game like I thought I did. Whoops. I'm going to order pizza if anyone wants it. Yeah. Oh, uh, so yeah, from I'm sorry, I thought, you know, Scott, we're just segueing Yu-Gi-Oh! This is a Yu-Gi-Oh! slash Pokemon podcast now. Okay, so well, Yu-Gi-Oh now too. Apparently I'm out, so it's been fun. <laughs> I did leave I did leave Pokemon like not have any idea of what was going on. I'd say from when Watsy sold off, so like after Skyridge, so mm. when like Nintendo took over with like EX Ruby Sapphire, from then forward as far as competitiveness goes, I had no idea until I got back into a little bit of an idea, which was at the end of Black and White. So there was a good gap where my knowledge of Pokemon, as far as like a competitive standpoint goes, was none, nothing, and well, I had to relearn it all. Black and white, though, love it. it well, yeah, long? that was like the golden age. What I hear from all the time, like the oh, black yeah. and white, like that whole set was super good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember when Max Potions were like, I when I would buy bulk lots on eBay of like five thousand cards or whatever, and pulling out like. Oh, like looking at Max Potion and being like, oh, there's a $7 card. Oh, and here's a $7 card. And just <laughs> like pulling stuff out that I could just turn around and flip on Facebook or something else. Nice. Yeah. So when it came to the competitive side, um, when you came back to it, how long did it take you to really kind of get your groove back? Was it like really quick? Did it take a little bit of time? Yeah, it definitely took time because I was always a big fan of like rogue decks. So the idea of not playing what was the best deck in the format and it would I would always go against it and try and figure out ways to beat that and I also didn't know a whole lot of like really good competitive players so I would go to um I stumbled upon some local people from a Facebook group called Verbank if you guys know Verbank City at all so I was selling stuff on Verbank City gym and then there's a a forum on Facebook called Verbank City 
and I met up with a, a couple guys who were local, and they introduced me to a league at Board Game Barrister, so I went there a couple times and met some people, and I was like, holy cow, all these people are like my age, this is awesome, I thought it was going to be just a bunch of little kids, and it's not, so <laughs> this is sweet. Um, but my first ever competitive tournament was like uh, States in like 2015 or something, Wisconsin States, I think it was 2015, 2015 or 2014. When, when they still had States, right? Yeah, and I played um, Metacham, um, and it was the Metacham where you could attack twice. It had an ancient trait ability, so I think that was, what, Primal Clash? I think that's where it was from. Um, but it was, you could attack twice in one turn, so um, it, you could attach, like, up to three. It did 60 base plus 20 for every, or 60 base for three energy. Well, terrible, but you could attack twice, and I forget... Um, I think, like, I want to say Manetric was played quite a bit, and Evital was played quite a bit, and Toad was all over the place. But I needed to hit 180, so I knew if I hit, if I put uh, strong energy on it, two strong energies on it, and then, like, a, at the time it was like a muscle band or something, I could double kick twice and knock out one, you know, one hit KO a Toad, yeah. you know, or something like that. And I ended up starting out um, Wisconsin States that year, like, 3-0, and and then I think I finished the day like 4-1-1, but it was the year that the Badgers made the Final Four of the NCAA tournament. So in my mind, I was like, I'm not <laughs> playing anyways. Like to end, like I'm, so I stopped p- playing at 4-1-1 and went home so I could watch the Badger game because that was more nice. important to me at the time. <laughs> so I would do that if the Bulls were somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> I agree with you. <laughs> But at that time, it was like the winnings were like scholarship money. It wasn't like cash. So mm-hmm. then after that, like a couple seasons later is when they started giving out cash, like five grand for the winning winning a regional tournament. So, But by then, I had already became like a licensed business and only played very, very rarely. Yeah. So that, was that 2017 then at that time you were saying? Um, so I started Dead Draw Gaming. I started in 2016, I think 27, maybe it was 2017. Yeah, so I played... Yeah, it was 2017. So 2016, I played uh, Madison Regionals, and um, I played like Mega Manetric, Mewtwo EX, some other variant, and got absolutely bodied. And then the following year, I played Primal Groudon, which was literally the worst decision I've ever made, because (laughs) I had put a lot of practice in with Primal Groudon, but the idea of playing eight rounds, like after I got to like round seven, I was just completely wiped. Because it beat, it beat, like, everything, but it was just terrible to think about. Because the first 15 minutes, you're basically just tropical beaching the entire time. And you're like, hey, you're not going <laughs> to KO me. Like, don't even bother trying. And everybody just, nobody knew how to play against Primal Groudon. So they're like, oh, Lysander. And I'd be like, no, you can't do that. Or they'd be like, you know, they, they had no idea that, it, like, uh, Primal Groudon was big because it had, it, you couldn't play trainers on it. Like, it was immune to trainers. So, and then with the Regirock on the bench, it was just, like, it was the best. Um, I think I went like six one or five one three that year five one two and just bubbled out. And then last year I played. In oh. <clears throat> Did we lose him? I think a we were forced to be out. reckoned with. There we What'd go. you say? I say we were just we just lost you a sound one, uh, for a brief second there. For You're like back. Four okay. seconds. You're good <laughs> now. Yeah, yeah. So last year I played at Collinsville and Team DDG was they're so nuts. I remember messaging Caleb like at the beginning of the week being like, hey, we're coming down for sure. What deck are we playing? Because I need to know so I can build it. He's like, you may just have to bring a lot of cards along because we don't really know what we're playing until like literally the night before. 
So we drove down to Collinsville at like 3 o'clock in the morning, which was like a, or 2 o'clock in the morning. It was a long drive to get down there, um, but we didn't sleep and we just didn't get a hotel or anything. And then Caleb is literally texting me at like 5 in the morning with like one card changes, two card changes, and we were playing um, Zorark GX with Lycanroc. And I remember starting out like the first match, I drew, and the second match was against Clowns, and I just got bodied. So I was 0-1-1. <laughs> And then I won my next, like, five in a row to go five, one, and one. And my wife, my poor wife at the time, was eight months pregnant. So I told her, I was like, I'm just going down there to pick up bulk. Like, it's not going to be a big deal. I'm not going to be there that late. I remember calling her and being he like, lied. I'm five, uh, one, one. Like, <laughs> can I stay? <laughs> and she's like, you can do whatever you want. And I'm like, yeah, I got to leave. Yeah, you don't want to hear that. No, that's yep. fucked up. Game over, so, man. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't end up dropping be, just in case I ended up getting paired in round eight against somebody who was on Team DDG. In case then it would have just been like a scoop to them, so they would have automatically made it into day two. But um, I ended up getting like getting matched up against Pikaram after Pikaram after Pikaram, and it was just it took me like five minutes to just destroy him because of like rock <laughs> wasn't even close. Poor Pikaram. Yeah, <laughs> but um, that was my competitive history. Pe- yeah, no, that's awesome. For people that are very new, uh, Caleb, you could bring it up. Who Who's Caleb? Oh, yeah, Caleb is. So Caleb Gedimer, team, we were kind of, Dead Drug Gaming had like a professional team. So there's like this group of a few different businesses like ARG, which is Alter Reality Gaming. Um, there was this company down in Florida, which I can't, I know the owner's name is Ben, but I can't, CCG Castle, that's it. And then us, and we all formed competitive <laughs> teams uh, to try and get Pokemon into like an eSports reign. And um, Team DDG through the years picked up some really, really highly recognized players, which was like Caleb Gedimer, um, Azul Grigo, uh, Danny Altavilla, uh, we had Grant Man- Manley, Isaiah Williams, and that was kind of where it ended with those five um, being on the team for quite some time, and they were basically like top 16 players in the U.S., like day two qualifiers of Worlds every year, like some of the best competitive players in Pokemon. So having like the list that they use, and they, they form the lists together every every regional tournament. So having the list like that they use to go into a tournament, it was already like putting me off on a really good footing, I guess, for a tournament, because you knew you were getting like an optimal list. Awesome, awesome. So at that time, you had this vision, and Dead, Dead Draw Gaming was you and two other people that started it, correct? You, it was like three business people. Who were the other two? Yeah, it was myself and um, the other two's name, uh, Dan Garman and Darren Cole. They lived in North Dakota, um, and then we launched Dead Draw Gaming, and after about three months, like it was pretty serious, like after a few months, they both moved to Wisconsin, to Madison, uh, to grow this business. So they kind of uprooted their lives and brought um, their girlfriend or wife with them over here. And then we tried to get together as much as we could. Madison's about an hour drive, but then we started a podcast of our own. We ended up launching Dead Draw Gaming into this, like it was supposed to just be a card store, an online card store that also offered free competitive articles from our players. And then it blew up into something like we just added more and more fuel to the fire, like every week it seemed. Like we started a podcast that made like... I don't know, 150-some episodes or 160 episodes. We were doing it every single week. Um, we had the professional team. We had a YouTube channel. We had a Twitch channel. We started streaming regional events. Like, we were all over the place with three guys, and it was it ended up being a lot of work. So that is, yeah, that's a, that sounds like a ton. Just streaming itself 
outside of everything else, I already know how much work that can go into that, so... Yeah, the streaming portion was nuts, and then taking over streaming regional events was really nuts, and I didn't know what we were getting into, because a lot of people don't understand, like, streaming of regional events, you think that, like, the tournament organizer is paying you to come down there, and that's not the case, like, we were, <laughs> I remember sending emails, you know, 3, 4, 5 o'clock in the morning to advertisers saying, hey, do you want a spot on our stream, you know, because a regional stream, if you want good commentators to come in, and a good producer, and you've got to have three commentators for TCG and three commentators for VGC. You've got to have a producer for TCG. You've got to have a producer for VGC. You have to have a runner. You have to have all this audio equipment, like all this stuff. You're talking between five to seven thousand dollars just there, and that's paying your your commentators like the bare minimum. You know, mm-hmm. basically like begging tournament organizers for boxes or staff mats and staff promos and things like that. Uh, so trying to recoup that money so that way it wasn't a huge detriment to the business that was tough and it was a lot of work but the goal was to get a partner channel and to get pokemon to eventually be like oh we should be streaming events which hey it happened Uh, but they decided to outsource to a company that's not even in the u.s so yeah it's It's crazy to think yeah well it's crazy to think that pokemon as a company doesn't do that in general like i they're starting to now right like they just recently started Recording regionals online? Am I, is that correct? Yeah, so regional streams began at the beginning of 2020 for Pokemon. Beforehand, so we did Memphis, which was in October? October of 2019. So we streamed that, and that was our last streaming event. And I know there were a couple events after that that were done by Critical Hit. um, Because that's what, who works with uh, Vince Kreckler, who runs Yeti Gaming. Um, he works with Critical Hit, so I know they did a couple at the end of 2019, and then in 2020 was when Pokemon uh, was supposed to start streaming events for regionals. Interesting. And then here we are, 2020, and the world is gone mad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now they don't have to worry about it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah they don't have to spend the money. <laughs> Thanks, Pokemon. We appreciate it. Mm-hmm. So, as a, to let our listeners know... So the idea was originally trying to get Pokemon into esports. You said, so you had Dead Draw Gaming, uh, Limit Limitless, right? They were they were part of it. So Limitless is a um, not really. I mean, they call themselves a team, but they're more just a, a resource out of the UK, which is a group of just really really good players over there, like Robin Schultz and Philip Schultz, and just you know the top of the line, top of the world players uh, over in Europe. They have a, they call it a competitive team, and we became really close with them because the idea was, hey, all these other teams are falling off. We need to figure out a way to try and get this going. Um, so we were going to do like invitationals and opens and things like that. But having competitive teams is very, very expensive, and it's difficult to uphold um, for long periods of time. And you have players who come and go a lot. So having players, you know, come in and drop off, like uh, Isaiah Williams, for example, he he had like a he has like a full ride to Stanford, so he took a year off to play Pokemon. But honestly, like the guy needs to work on, you know, he's very very smart. So yeah, go to school. he should probably go yeah. to school. Yeah. So he <laughs> couldn't play in major events. So then we lose a player. Well, who are we going to replace him with? Okay, Grant Manley's doing pretty well. Let's talk to him. And that was right after ARG completely folded up. And then you just, I mean, it's difficult because Pokemon's just not big enough. It's just not. It's not Magic the Gathering. And trying to get like we had this big idea. We brought in. 
um, Aaron Luckenbach from Trainer TV. He flew out here. He moved out here. He was going to be, he was our fourth owner at one point in time. He was going to launch our YouTube and our content and working with him. We had all these ideas and it just was so tough to bring to fruition um, because the community is only so big. It, it is. It's definitely only so big. And we, we talk about it. I feel like there's just got to be a way to make TCG more approachable. Because sometimes people, they'll be like, I don't know what this game is about. I find it very daunting to learn. And yeah, it, it's like any card game. You need to take time and learn strategies and how cards work and how the card game works in general. And I feel like that Pokemon also gains so many sides of the collectors because their cards are prettier. You, it's not like there's those people that are playing Magic the Gathering. There are some very rare and very expensive cards. But I'm not going to be like, oh, I really need this card because it looks cool. It's just like, no, oh, I, I need that Charizard because it's shiny. <laughs> and everyone else wants that shiny Charizard. <laughs> yeah, I really like, um, I mean, going into like the economic standpoint of things, Like that's really what drew me into Pokemon in my later years just because I've been able to use it to help pay for things like a wedding in a house so it's been kind of something that I've been able to do on the side to make extra money um, and that's kind of where Dead Jaw Gaming started because I was like hey I know this business like we can make money doing this and it just ended up being something it ended up being too big and then when um, Aaron departed and Darren departed because like we didn't end because the money was the business wasn't making any money we ended because life like life happens things happen and unfortunately for a couple of us life happened pretty hardcore and it ended up happening all together at the same time and that's when we just agreed that we did not have the time to devote to something on the side so that's where it kind of fell by the waistband waistband what is the same to a per- it's got to be waistband, yeah. right? Is the it waistband side. or waist, waistside? Okay, yeah, there it is. There waist you side. go. <laughs> Cut all that foolishness out and just focus waistside. <laughs> we don't we don't remove anything at Pokedads. Oh, it's That's time. It's right there. <laughs> Pokedads. Um, out of so, do you think? Pokemon where it is now is where it's just generally got to be. They're like, this is the biggest the card game will ever get, you you think? Or is it possible <sighs> that with nostalgia coming, like like you said, I'm 33 years old. I went to my first competitive tournament um, like a week before Sword and Shield dropped. Oh, cool. And I was surprised that most of the people that were there were around my age. I, like, I was like, oh, I don't feel... I don't feel uncomfortable here, except my first opponent was like 12. And then I felt <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> that destroyed nice. That's because you were like cursing at him and you're like, yeah, in your face. And his you dad was like, I'll fuck you up. <laughs> don't, don't bring that Malamar shit in here. Drop that Malamar. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't do that. No. no, do not do that. No, um, so <laughs> Pokemon was in a terrible, terrible spot um, when Nintendo took over. Uh, Skyridge was super underprinted. All of those e-reader series were very underprinted. That's why they're so expensive now, because they were so underprinted. And then Nintendo didn't really know what to make of it. Um, and then the competitive world really got started again by Jason Klasinski. If you, you should know who he is, right? Because he's local to you guys. Um, so he won Worlds multiple times. He was big into the forums. He was big into the community. He started growing uh, the brand a lot. Him and then 
uh, Kyle Sukovich, who is lives in Wisconsin or lived in Wisconsin, um, close to you guys, also in like the Racine area. So he really started what was called at the time Top Cut, which was a streaming service for regional events, for major events, worlds, and in, internationals, uh, or nationals, where they, they were called at the time. Um, and he really got involved in Pokemon, and then eventually Pokemon brought him on to work for them. So he lives in Seattle now with his wife, uh, but he. Working for Pokemon has really helped segue the competitive world into what it should be. Unfortunately, Pokemon does not have um, TPCI. If you are listening to this podcast, I'm sorry. I'm just saying the truth. Do not get mad at me. Uh, Pokemon does not care enough about the tournament structure because they don't make money off of it. They care about your kids going and buying packs at the stores. They care about your kids playing the video games. That's where they make money. There was one point in time where I remember sitting down at an international event a couple of years ago with some people from Pokemon. None of those people are there anymore. Um, their whole like tournament division is made up of just a few people now, and they just do not invest the energy and time into it that they should probably put into it. And I hope that changes. Um, they were just going through a lot of... They've gone through a lot of structural changes over the last year, uh, which is kind of hurting them. Uh, Pokemon, I don't think, will ever get to the point that it was when Evolutions came out, because you had Evolutions, then In you had... 2016. Yeah, yeah, then you had Pokemon Go, and it was just like this huge nostalgic moment for everybody where everybody was mm-hmm. getting back into the game. They also re- reduce, released the, the $5,000 for first place. A lot of Yu-Gi-Oh! players came over, a lot of Magic players came over because they were licking their lips at the idea of winning money against a bunch of punk Pokemon kids who didn't know how to play, <laughs> um, or how to cheat, I should say. Um, <laughs> so... That is probably when it was at its peak, and then they lost a lot of favor when they started running into issues at regional tournaments when they would start hitting like 12, 1,300 participants, and there just wasn't any way to handle it. Uh, international events that they had to cap at 1,400 people when they really shouldn't have had to cap it at all. Uh, so a lot of people got upset, and their late announcements over the past year. This past year, it's been getting a lot better, but there was one year where we just didn't get any CP requirements for Worlds until like a week before the season started. Um, we weren't getting any League Cups through quarter one at all and we missed pretty much the entire quarter and that was i mean a couple years ago so they lost a lot of people that way um i think they they've done some good things but they go a lot off of gimmicks and then they don't hold on to the gimmicks so bringing back like the lost zone was really cool but then they stopped so bringing breaks in was really cool but then they stopped and they do all these things with like prism star cards and all these rent like I mean, they they try to make something work, and they do it for, like, three sets, and then, like, oh, let's just put a Charizard GX in there, and it'll be fine. <laughs> well, because then it'll sell. Isn't that, though, yeah, but isn't that what you do in card games in general? Like, I, we've talked about this, too, where you see Prisma, like, just anything to just change it up, but it's only for a temporary thing. It's not like maybe we'll never see Prisma start, you know, again after this, it's fine. I like to see something different. It keeps it fresh. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I mean, I want to inject it on this one a little bit. I mean, I think I kind of, um, I see where you're both going. I kind of like it is like, you know, if they're stopping doing something that is interesting and useful, um, why necessarily do they need to stop using it versus just make something new in the next set with that same idea? Mm-hmm. And instead of dropping it off completely. So that way, when it does fall out eventually, you still have something that works in that way. So, I mean, that's kind of how I see what could have been improved. Yeah, I think the problem is that they just don't listen to the competitive community as closely as they could. Like, a lot of players mm-hmm. love that golden era where Lost Zone did exist. 
and all the Lost Zone cards, like Lost March, for example, or the Prism Star cards were what a lot of competitive players were clamoring for, and then it made it for, like, a few sets, but nothing was super playable, and then it just fell off. So, I mean, you do see that in other card games, too, but at least you get some stuff that's playable. The only playable break right now is, what, Trevenant Break, and it's not going anywhere because Expanded is still black and white on, so they're still always going to be around, but then to just kind of drop things without any idea of what's going on, I think that's or any input from the community. I think there needs to be some sort of panel or system that goes on, um, almost like a board of directors type thing for competitive play, which helps dictate where the format should go. Yeah, because right now Expanded's broken anyways. Expanded is nuts. And I I think a lot of... I mean, this was something the competitive community kind of did to themselves. They wanted a huge variety. They wanted this wide array of decks. They wanted Excelgore and Shocklock, but they also wanted something like Zorark, and they wanted different different decks to be viable and expanded. Well, here you go. You've got different decks viable and expanded, and everybody's like, oh, I've got to pay $50 for a computer search. That sucks. Come on. (laughs) Except for you, Danny. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yes, come over. Spend $50 on this. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, they've made so many cards accessible. Like, they've reprinted Roaring Skies 800 times, so Shamans are like a dollar. I mean, what what else do you want? The only card that's super expensive is Tropical Beach, and that's like... I mean, look at Magic. Magic has... Look at Yu-Gi-Oh! There's $1,000 cards. And you're complaining about yeah, no, it. For sure. You don't need to play Whale Lord. Don't get a Tropical Beach. Play something else. Play <laughs> Greninja Break. There you go. There's a $30 deck. It's just... That's good. Yeah. So, outside of the competitiveness <laughs> of Pokemon, which I really hope that... Okay, I have one more thing. Okay. What really <laughs> bugs me, too... Yeah. Sorry. What really bugs me, too, is going back to not caring about the tournaments and the people that play. But I feel like if you made it easier for people to care to compete, there's money there because people spend money on cards in general. Yes, I know there's a third party because it's easier to just buy the cards that you need. Like, I, I understand that. But we, we do that, too. But we also enjoy buying packs because of just that thrill of pulling the card you need it still beats me just spending $8 on a card I need, wait three days for you to mail it to me, and then open and go yay Mm -hmm. you know i just i feel like you get more people involved there's more money involved that's that's how i feel yeah but then pokemon needs to get more involved in those if you look at did you guys read the press release when pokemon canceled the season i did not i did not so they canceled i did they canceled uh internationals they canceled worlds they canceled league cups they canceled challenges but the thing that wasn't in there was regional events because pokemon has very little to no inclusion in regional events they said they weren't going to give points but regional events could still have happened. If if Jimmy Ballard was like, hey, we're still going to run Milwaukee, there's just not going to be any points. He could have done that because Pokemon never said we're canceling regional events because they don't they don't run those events. Like, those are big mm-hmm. events, but it's up to the tournament organizer to decide whether or not those events go on. So Pokemon, like, not having any involvement in those events, you're always going to have representatives there, um, but they don't have any involvement with anything that's going on other than making sure that uh, the payouts happen. Like, there's no, there's just no, they have so many connections. So to do, like, a stream and get sponsorships and to work on that esports feel, there's just nothing there. And I think that's part of the problem. Yeah. I, I agree with you. It, it, it sounds like that is definitely a big part of the problem. But, okay, now we'll move on. And let's learn more about you, Danny, about this business side of Pokemon where you're by yourself now. You don't have DDG anymore. Mm-hmm. You 
you disbanded uh was it's what three months now two months now it's been it's been a hot minute yep so yeah, what, we disbanded I, in a February middle of February so a couple months now yeah so I guess I feel like you get this question all the time when you're in your live streams you can find Danny on Instagram it's just Danny Phantump check him out he is currently looking to give away a case of Rebel Clash for six lucky winners when he hits 3,000 followers yeah he's what you're 200 away no, no less than that I think I'm like 50 away now. Last, like, yeah, somewhere like that. So get your, you get there and follow it <laughs> and get on there before you lose the opportunity of a try to win a Rebel Clash. But anyways, it's the same question over and over during your live videos. What, how do you do, what do you do with all the bulk? Like, we're, just start from there. Let's just That's start a good question. Okay, so <laughs> what I did do with all the bulk, which a lot of people do now anyways, um, is bulk lots sell really well on eBay. They sell really well on Amazon. Um, and I was probably, this is something that I've been doing for years and years and years. Um, so I used to own, I remember sitting in my condo uh, seven, eight years ago, buying bulk lots on eBay and then sitting on the floor and separating them into... 50 card lots and then wrapping them up in little like little paper packages and mailing them off to people and it was a grind uh, this was when bulk was like six seven cents a common so that's what basically you do with bulk um, nowadays uh, since I take in so much bulk I am able to avoid doing that and I just sell it to bigger companies who do that so that's kind of what I do with bulk right now um, I could get back into the game and make a little bit more money selling bulk lots on eBay and Amazon. Uh, the problem with Amazon right now is that a lot of major companies like Troll and Toad, they'll pay $1,000 a month to have a featured spot on Amazon, so then you automatically drop to a lower listing. The problem with eBay is that eBay really caters to the buyer all the time. So if I say, hey, you're getting 50 cards, you're guaranteed to get a GX, and I send it to somebody, and they're like, "Oh, this GX is Blastoise GX, and I wanted a Charizard GX. Can you refund me?" <laughs> and yeah. no, I can't because it's a guaranteed GX. Oh, I'm gonna re leave you negative rating then. So, and then you have to refund them their money anyway. So that's the problem with eBay. And eBay only works if your listing always remains up, unless you're a company who pays a lot of money. So there's been like times where I've you can only I think you have to put like a you can your max quantity that you can put for lots is like a hundred. So there's time during the Christmas months where I would have like a 50-card lot up, and one night I would sell like four, and the next night I would sell the remaining 96. Your spot goes up on the, the listing page, like uh, if like it searches by relevance. It goes up with how yeah. long your, your post stays up, like how popular it is. If, it, if you run out, your post gets deleted, you start over again. So it's tough to like maintain that ranking, that spot, all the time. Mm -hmm. So the way some people do it is they'll have, you know, multiple, multiple listings with just a little tweaking of words so that way they always have stuff that's going to be at the top and there's a lot more competition in there now. Um, but I will buy bulk or trade bulk at a certain rate now and I'll wait until I get half a million cards or so and then I'll kind of try and dump them off to somebody who will pay me a, a good chunk more for them. That's what I do with bulk right now. And then I also sort through everything that comes in, and I pull out literally every card that I can sell for at least a quarter on TCG Player. I will pull it out so I can list it on TCG Player. You, sir, is what I would call a grind master. It is terrible, <laughs> yes. 
That is insane. That's Super awful. grindy. Borderlands <laughs> grind. Yeah, it's definitely Borderlands grind. Yeah. What it, oh, that's a hustle. I remember from the, our, when Aaron was like, this is what I do. You're hustling, Danny. That's a huge hustle. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate it. And I also appreciate that you help us with our book, too. So thank you. Respect. <laughs> Yeah, there's sometimes, though, you go through bulk and you find, like, I mean, some of the cards that are in there, like, the great thing about Instagram is there's not a whole, I don't get to talk about competitive play a lot more, as much as I used to, um, like, I'll still talk to Caleb every once in a while, and I'll still talk to some of the DDG players, um, but not as much as I used to, and we're not, you know, theory mining anymore, so on Instagram, it's a lot of collectors, so a lot of times when I get bulking on Instagram, it's like I'll pull out a lot of staples, like a lot of Cynthia and Caitlin's, a lot of Mallow and Lana's. But then every once in a while, you'll get somebody who sends in stuff, and you're like, holy cow. Like this is like, like I'm pulling out Dark Patches, and I'm pulling out Max Elixirs, and I'm like, Dark Patch is like an $11 card. Like this is sweet, and I paid three cents for this bad boy. Like you want to talk about a return. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't even look at cards as cards anymore. I look at them as, like, denominations of cents nowadays. It's like, okay, you know, three cents, six cents. Ooh, $11 and six cents. And I'm just, like, totaling it up in my <laughs> head as I go. What uh, what I've learned after a couple times of sending to you, because, one, I was just trying to get rid of everything, and now I'm starting to see, as I'm starting to learn the meta of the game and cards and stuff, I remember like, oh my god, I sent Danny eight of those cards. I'm like, why did I do that? I think you sent me an oh Absol once. Like you sent me like a, a team did. up Absol. Mm-hmm. I was like, sweet, yeah. eight dollars. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I paid eleven cents for I, this bad boy. Yeah. And I, I even so, texted Danny. I was like, hey, I need this card by the way. And I just gave it to Scott last week. And I was like, and I sold it to you. I was like, I just need it. <laughs> I think I did cut you a deal, but it wasn't as it wasn't eleven cents. But I think I did bring it down a little bit than what I would right have there. normally charge. That's fine. I I appreciate it. <laughs> but uh, what it, I've come to realize is keep every trainer card until it's about to come out of rotation, because then that's when they skyrocket. Like think what quick ball is going to be a year from now. It's going to be it's going to be fun. We're going to probably see another custom catcher price around five to eight dollars for an uncommon. <sighs> yeah, I thought that for a long time, and I would pull out like choice bands like crazy, and I pulled out aqua patches like crazy, and to the point where I had like thousands of them, and it just never really grew to a big card. Um, like quick oh, ball yeah. is good, don't get me wrong, but there's so many other search options. That quick ball might not be okay. as relevant down the road. Like Cherish Ball was really big. Well, then Quick Ball came out. Now Cherish Ball has dipped down quite a bit in price. So, I mean, you always have to think what could come out later that might be better. And there's already been a Quick Ball print. So that Quick Ball went up a little bit. Everybody thought Copycat would be really big, but Copycat already has multiple prints. So, and plus, nowadays, the sets that are out there are very, very mass produced. Like, I pull out hundreds of quick balls right now from the bulk that I get in, and they sell really fast on TCG Player, don't get me wrong. I wouldn't, I'm not saying get rid of your quick balls, I'm saying you should pull them, but don't expect to get, you know, three, four, five dollars down the road. Like, you might get, it, it might hold okay. You know, you might get a, a dollar or 75 cents for them down the road. Okay, well, that's good. That's good to know. I, Especially for us just jumping into it, we've been doing this now, just Pokemon would a little over six months. So I'm just trying to see if there's any... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, 
It's not a routine, a pattern. There it is, like a pattern. Yeah, I mean, pulling uh, trainers out is a really good idea because trainers are where you're going to make, you know, your most money if you start. Like, you guys could open up a TCG player account any day you wanted and start selling your extras of cards. Um, And and pulling out trainers is really kind of what I do. I'm looking at, when I get in bulk, I'm looking through the trainers really hardcore. But there's a lot of trainers I know that will never. I mean, there's been 18 million prints of energy retrieval and energy switch, so those just go right into bulk. There's been, like, a thousand prints of... Sharon or how or whatever hop you know it's it's the same thing draw three cards you know that's your supporter card so like those are never yeah. going to be worth anything and there's a lot of cards that are always going to just be bulk so I just throw those in bulk and just leave them gotcha oh, that's good that's good to know that's some really good information I appreciate it Danny so I think it's time to move on we're going to have Scott grind our gears. Are you ready, Scott? Are you awake? You don't really grind my gears. I am still awake. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you got for us this beautiful, beautiful <clears throat> Monday evening? So the it's a really easy one, but I, I think it's something a lot of people that have played, you know, TCG or... What a VGC or whatever um, can probably relate to. I fucking hate so many basic Pokemon. I, I, Pidgey, Rattata, you know, even like Pikachu. I fucking hate them so much. It is so annoying when you are. Look, let's just go with the TCG. When you're fucking opening a brand new pack and it smells so beautiful, it smells so good, <laughs> and you get like nothing but Eevees or fucking like Pidgeys or coughings in there and you're like what is this bullshit oh you're gonna make one of them like really super shiny for me thanks a lot i feel so much better about this stack of crap you've laid before me and it doesn't matter what you're playing it's all garbage and so i found myself if we're going to like let's go eevee or something i was playing it the other day and i'm grinding leveling up successfully by the way but by by catching a bunch of ratatas and pidgeys. It's fucking stupid. It's insane. I'm wasting so much time leveling up my Pokemon with a bunch of dumb fuck Pokemon that are good for, like, the first gym. If that, if you're playing Brock, none of them fucking help. And and it's, like, garbage. It's, it's useless. It's a waste of my time. And so, very short rant this week, but I want to hear what all your thoughts are on this. All A lot of the basic Pokemon, terrible. Just It's like a waste of print. You should save the trees and do something better, especially with the trading card game. It's it's total garbage, guys. Your thoughts? I actually have a question. An additional follow up question on this one. How do you feel about stage two Pokemon then? Like, does it make a difference? Yeah, uh, stage two totally fine. Absolutely. We're, well, that's like the meat and potatoes of the game. There's some serious grinding going on there, no matter where you're at. Um, sometimes stage two is the you know that's your that's your final stage. That's so where are you're you? At. It depends on what you're playing. Yeah, go ahead, Rick. Are you gr- are you grinding more through the video game side then, or not the TCG side? Is that what you're trying to get to? It's really both, though. Like, I, I hate seeing a shiny Eevee. It doesn't make me happy, you know? Like, Alicia, uh, it must have been an Eevee from when we were just flipping cards around on the couch in the basement, like, months ago. She's like, oh, yeah. look at this card I found. It's fucking shiny. I'm like, it's a goddamn Eevee. It's terrible. It's fucking garbage. It's not good. It is not good. But... You know, she's like, oh, it's shiny, I like it. No, no, this is fucking terrible. So, it doesn't matter for me either side. I think it's it's just very frustrating on both ends. You're pulling a bunch of common crap 
which has a reason to it. I get it, but it, it's just stupid. It's almost a waste of money and time sometimes. <laughs> All the time. Sorry. It's, <laughs> it is about the uh, you know the most shiny card you could pull out of the pack, which is going to be your rare, even if you get a dud and pull your. You know, Durant for the 800 time in Sword and Shield. Terrible. Which I still have not pulled the reverse hollow of it, and I need it. <laughs> well, basic Pokemon in general, like outside of the video game world, you, if they're going to play an Evolve deck, you're going to need them, even if it's for two seconds so you can evolve it. So okay. Just, yeah, get the reverse but hollow version of it. Electabuzz, basic Pokemon. I thought Electabuzz... Okay. 25 years ago was fucking beautiful. That was the bee's knees. You're like, yeah, I got an Electabuzz. I don't got to evolve shit. It's a good card, right? Great. That's basic. Uh, fucking Pidgey, you're like, what is this nonsense? Oh, I do 10 damage here and there. That's great. Whoopee, 30 hit points? Fuck me in the ass. Garbage. Total garbage. How is this possible? But then you evolve it to Pidgeotto. Pidgeotto's still the... garbage. Still garbage, really. Not that great. No, You're not like, not, oh, I can't not, wait to evolve my fucking Pidgey to a Pidgeotto. <laughs> not good. No, no one's saying it's that. A Pidgey, not one person. The Pidgey deck, Scott, where you're, where you're able to look at the cards, grab a card, and put one at the bottom of your deck. What was it called? Mail, mail Bay? Yeah, I mean, mail. Pidgeotto won some pretty big events. I would. I can see where you're coming from. Maybe choose a different basic than Pidgey, because there was. I mean, the 10 HP difference between Pidgey and Pidgey in that set was. It was a big deal, and then Pidgeotto was like the bee's knees for a while. So I get what you're saying with like. Yeah, I get. I get where you're coming from. Pidgey is more relevant. Than some other common basic Pokemon, but yeah, I get where you take your pick from. though. Even Pikachu, Oddish, uh, Rattata. I mean, how really, dare you? Yeah, Oddish I mean, Pikachu's nuzzle oh, attack has yeah. won has won events or like helped win events. Oddish, I can go. I'll give Pikachus. you Oddish. Okay, thank you. You're but it's not every Oddish. single Pikachu or how every single Pidgeotto no, that's that. fantastic, right? No, Oddish. all of them are garbage except for one. There we go. So yes, it's like, see, oh, I've got one really good card out of an entire punch bowl of turds floating around. So you just want the god packs that have like 10 ultra rares in it. Thank basically. you. Danny knows what's going on. He just wants the yeah. Well, we might we might get it. The, there were rumors that we would get the all-stars set from Japan and America where you would pull a GX in every pack and then a god pack where you will have if they GX do that, full arts in the pack. I may need to get out of this business because I think probably run for the hills. Look, it's a recession, okay? Four four dollars, three ninety nine for a pack. This is. Hey, I saw booster anymore. packs for three dollars. I don't know where you're getting ripped off. I, there's nothing good around me. I'm telling you. I've got GameStop. I got Walmart. I got Target. That's about it. That's fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm lucky enough where my my store is four packs for ten bucks. That's so good. I do that. Never yeah, heard no, of it. That's great. <laughs> the problem, the problem by you, we still haven't checked out the new store in in Shorewood. I want to know what their deals are. We still haven't checked that store out. Which one? So soon, if we ever open again, it's called uh, Paper and Plastic. The one I told you about, where we yeah. can look for some really killer gray sleeves. Yeah. But going back to second stage Pokemon that doesn't get a lot of love, you know, Charizard is. Super loved and Charmander, super loved. Like Charmeleon is like the evil stepchild. I love Charmeleon. Who talks about him? Every Who single one. I, I no one. They made a, everyone uh, fucking hates Gloom. 
Exactly. Yeah, Glenn's. That's literally why they made a car so you could skip over that stage. <laughs> no, a low end re- uh, executor, you still have to involve it. You gotta get the gloom, the gloom car, put it on, then you have to find the file bloom and then put it on. <laughs> you have to skip over. You don't see that at all. No, it doesn't exist. They even made cards so you could evolve faster. Like. Yes. Force the giant plant, so you could just get rid of that gloom even faster. You don't have to exactly. wait a turn anymore. Just get rid of it right now. Exactly. It's almost like <laughs> no in the video gloom. game trading it. Like, oh, fuck it, I got a hunter. I'm trading right now for a Gengar. I don't give a shit. Yeah, those stage twos are the ones you just dropped off at the daycare. You're like, I don't even want to deal with this guy right now. Like, give me him <laughs> when he's closer to evolving. I'll come back. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> It's like it's like Morty's dad when they leave him in the daycare episode where they're like, yes. this is fine. You just stay here. Have a good time. We'll pick you up when the mission is over. Yes. Daddy, you a Rick and Morty fan or am I just over your head right now? You're, you're over my head. Ah, watch Rick and Morty. Uh, okay. I tried watching an episode of it and I was so lost. I was like, um... What's happening? Well, at least eat the Pringles and stack your own kinds. That I did see. Yeah, that is fine. All right. That part's fine. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to jump into the card of the week. And this week card, guys, we'll be talking about Aurora Energy. A really, really powerful card in a Zacian ADP deck right now. Where you just discard a card from your hand and then attach it to your Pokemon. It can be whatever energy you want it to be. So for ADP decks, if you're running all steel and you run a couple Aurora energies for the water, then then you're never like, oh, I need water. You're like, oh, no, I have Aurora energy. What do you think, Scott? You like that card? Yeah, I I think I'm playing that card right now and I absolutely love it. Uh, Thank you, Rick, for turning me on in many ways to that card. (laughs) (laughs) Danny, between Aurora Energy and Rainbow Energy, which one would you prefer running? Um, I like Rainbow Energy just because I remember I I played a deck that used Aromatease a lot. This was a while ago. But basically, switching your energy over Rainbow Energy is putting it any any style you want, um, like Aurora Energy allows you to. So I prefer Rainbow Energy, but Aurora Energy is I mean it's a, it's a very good card. And what what was the negative for it? Was it two damage counters or one damage counter? I believe it's one. Oh, it's one for Rainbow Energy. It's one, yeah. It's one. Okay, I was about to ask Aaron if he had his deck because his deck runs Rainbow Energy. I do. It's over. It's cool. It's cool. He, Danny's right, though. Yeah. Um, um, my opinion on it is, I mean, I mean, if we're going versus damage counter or discounting card, I think I would rather take the damage counter than the rainbow versus the aurora. Um, well, it just depends I, on the deck. Where true. ADP, you you want to throw, you want to throw steel energies in your discard right. pile, right? So you so you can use metal saucer. And then just take it and then put it on your bench Pokemon. That that's the point why ADP plays it. But that's also the flaw for ADP if they're trying to get off. Um, what's what's ADP's GX move called? I forgot. Oh my goodness. Anyways, you all know what it does. It, when uh, you activate its GX, 
all Pokemon do 30 more damage, and when you get a prize, you get an extra prize. And it's one energy of water and one steel. So if they're just playing a special energy and you're playing a deck that has Smashing Hammer or anything that has a chance of removing the energy, that's the way that you can stop EDP because they're only going to run two or three Aurora energies in the deck. Alter so if you're able to creation. knock that off. Oh, thank you. I got you. Alter Creation. So you always have that in the back burner when you're trying to go against the ADP, the ADP deck. And not a lot of people play... Is it Smashing Hammer? Am I getting that right? Crushing There's hammer. so many different hammers and Crushing Hammer. Nice, yeah. Where I feel like that card's super underrated, and I feel like how heavy ADP was <coughs> before everything canceling, you'd be like, oh, I should be prepped to play this deck. And then you see the top four, top eight decks in that tournament all running the same flipping deck, but just differently. Yeah, Crushing Hammer was really, really big during Seismitote Day, Seismitote EX. I guess I guess for me it's just really hard to play cards with chance. Like a, playing chance cards really annoy me. Where this was I'm also when um, play... Lysander's trump card was legal, like for a period of time where you could shuffle everything back into your deck. So getting I mean it wasn't a big deal because you could just get those crushing hammers back. And you just via seeker for yeah. your Lysander's trump card, put that down, shuffle everything back into your deck. I mean you could play it got to a point where people were playing 12 crushing hammers in a game. <laughs> Roll that dice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's like one thing I'm real scared because I, I still prefer custom catchers. I, I like the idea where at least I know if I play two of them, I get that switch mm-hmm. and it's game. I don't want to the point I have to play a Pokemon catcher and be like, I win this game if I flip correctly. And I'm like, this is dumb. I don't want to do that. Just think about the days but Pokemon catcher have... used to not even have a flip. You could just play that item card and just force your opponent to switch. Oh, that's hot. That's really mm-hmm. hot. But at least at least people have uh, what boss's order. So you're playing a supporter to switch your opponent's Pokemon. Mm-hmm. The new so Lysander. You got that. Um, do you think you think overall that's going to be like in everyone's deck at some point, or maybe maybe not? What do you what do you think? I'm going off of Aurora Energy. I apologize. It was just something I wanted to ask. Boss's order. Yeah. Yeah, that'll probably be a at least a two of, if not a three of, in just about every deck. I mean, in every deck. Lysander was a one-of or a two-of just because you had VS Seeker in the format, so it was easy to get it back. You don't have that in the format right now, so you need something that's more accessible. I mean, you figure Guzmo was played a lot, so this is almost the same thing. Yeah, and then now you get Lieutenant Surge's uh, supporter card when you're under prizes, so you can play three supporter cards. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll feel I'll feel more comfortable then. <laughs> I'm like I'll switch this. Then I play Welder, and then it's over. I win. What are you talking about? Uh, welder. <laughs> <laughs> not Jeez. a fan of Welder, or no uh, Welder. I think is just away. too powerful and should not be. Welder is too strong. It's I not good for that. the game. Oh yeah, yeah. It's too easy to power up too early on. It's <clears throat> too much. Okay. Yeah, I can I can definitely agree with that one. I I agree. It's it's really brutal, but I still love playing. See, I, I don't think Rick actually agrees because he plays it all. He plays I it mean, all the he, fucking time. So. Yeah. He probably agrees when he doesn't hit it on turn one. He's probably oh, sure. like, yeah, this card sucks. But 
I mean, he's otherwise, horrible. when he does hit it on turn one, he's probably like, this card is the best. It should never yeah. be banned. He's a son of a exactly. bitch. That's true. <laughs> well, in all fairness, I, I do play Picaram, though. Picaram's my number one deck, and then I play a Rashiram deck for giggles. So I'm, I, I, like, I like the whole idea of growing Charizards on my bench and then using Rashiram's attack for 270. And since you have Vantini banned, give me that 10 extra attack points, then there's my ADP problem. But I like the idea anywho. of it just taking a couple turns to power up to hit, like, to 300, not, like, full blitz for a million damage, turn one. <laughs> like, that's just... Boom. <laughs> okay. It's over, Good man. Game. This was uh, fun. Give it up. Can I get my entry yeah. feedback, please? <laughs> All that reminds me of, we're, we're going back to Yu-Gi-Oh! For the game, but I used to play a, a machine deck with when limited removals were all, you could play three of them. Mm-hmm. So you'd drop a Jinzo, <laughs> and then you would just, three limited removals, and you'd have up to like 16,000 damage attack. So you just wipe out anything, just instantly win. That's all I thought of just now. Was, there you go. That was my favorite deck. The best, the, that was so dumb. It yeah. was great. I, best, I won a... Um, I, I was getting destroyed by a guy. I had two in my hand. I had I had a mechanical chaser to play down. I'm like, if I don't draw this card, I lose the game. And I pulled my third <laughs> limit rule and won. Took him from with me like 200 life points and hit at 8,000 still and dead. It was perfect. <laughs> I will never All right, it. Scott, what do you rate Aurora Energy? Effective, not effective, super effective. Super effective. Super effective. Yeah, super Good. effective. What about you, Wood? I disagree. I'm going with effective because it's only effect. It's only effective in certain decks or situations. Yeah, so, so it's super not, effective. For it's me. not. You're no, wrong. that yeah. You're wrong. More specific deck. Yes. You're wrong. You're absolutely wrong. Get off the show. You know what grinds my gears? Your face. <laughs> <laughs> what about what about you, Daddy? I, I would agree. I, I I agree with effective. I agree with the yeah. the meaning behind it. It's not overly Ooh. used. <laughs> it's like Scott when he couldn't give a super effective for reset stamp, even though that's definitely a super effective card. Yeah, I mean that's a reset <laughs> stamp. Wrong, Colonel Sanders. <laughs> um, I'm I'm going to join Aaron too, though. I'm going to say it's an effective card, especially <laughs> okay. It's, a, right. it's really it's really drawn on <laughs> what kind of deck you're playing. Not like oh, it's a quick ball. It's super effective because all of us are going to play four of them in the deck. Whoop whoop. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I have three packs to open, and then we'll head out of here. All right. What are you opening? Uh, I'm opening Sword and Shield for probably the second to last time before nice. we start opening Rebel Class. Oh, nice. God. The pack arts I got are Zamazenta, Zashin, and uh, Lapras. We'll see. We'll see what happens. The last Lapras week is the we were a good thing. Yeah, last week, Danny, we we pulled a gold Zashin. Oh, did you really on the podcast? Nice. Yeah, it was it was super exciting. I was I was really happy. <laughs> All right, kiddos, we got Yolanda, Gabriel, oh. Kevin, Victor, two Zebra, nine Boyk, Richard, Wood, X Ray, Timothy, Jacob. It is a white coat, fellas. So we'll mm-hmm. see what happens. We have Lightning Energy, <laughs> Evolution Incense, Zalazel. No, I said that wrong. I always says his name wrong. What? Zalazel? No. Salazel? You're drunk. Salazel? 
Salazzle. That's what I want. Salazzle. Thanks, dude. Way off. This sharp. <laughs> Perkirchen. Billbug. You Ryan. can say Perkirchen, but you uh. can't say Salazzle. <laughs> <laughs> that was scotch. That's, that's how I roll, man. Chin chow. We have, oh, here you go, Wood. We have a reverse hollow Grookey, but oh, I think you have man. enough hollows in your deck. I think no, so. I can and, always add more. No, it's too many. <laughs> and, of course, it's a hollow Bolton. So that's that's what we got. That's fun. I hate, I pull that card more often than any other I just way. don't see the or point of Bolton. Pro- I don't get it. I don't get why it was created. You already have Lightning Dogs. Why create another one? I just... Mm-hmm. Because they were bored. they just ran out of ideas and they were like, well, people like lightning dogs so far. Let's throw another one, another one of those in there. I'd rather have a lightning sheep. <laughs> Mareep. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have Heather X-ray Wood Wood Gabriel X-ray Six Leonardo Cat Timothy Gabriel Nine Donatello. I don't know. That sounds oh, Donatello. Right. That was not good. We got Leaf Energy. He's, he's pulling mini turtles, man. Yeah. Galvantula. Energy Switch. Krabby. Kufant. Beltoy. He's <laughs> laughing uh, again. <laughs> no, it's his basic form. Saladin. Salandit? Salandit. Salandit. Okay, I do this with my four-year-old, too. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. We got a reverse rare of Drudon, and then the rare is a Graplock. What was the reverse <gasps> one? Uh, Drudon. Juntao? Juntao. Are you talking right? about the or turtle? Drudon. Yeah, D-R-E-D. Drudon. Okay. Dreadnaw. Dreadno. 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 Are you Asian all of a sudden? That's my job, not yours. <laughs> Poke dance. I thought that was part of our charm though, isn't it? I'm not I'm not allowed to say the Pokemon names, right? I'm supposed to call it Pokemon. Correct. What are you guys doing with Pokemon? Are you in charge yeah. of the homework? Like teaching the classes while um, the schools are canceled? Uh, yeah, thankfully, okay. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> Probably for the best. Yeah. <laughs> it is for the best. <laughs> hey, this is this is how I learn, right? That's good. <laughs> Anyways, we got Heather, Nick, X-Ray, Boyk, Zebra, Patrick, Kevin, Boink. two, Leonardo, Zebra, Zebra, seven, Hopkins. <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> yeah. Energy, Rare Candy, Lumberry, Krabby, Zigzagoon, uh, Gassiflor, Gassiflor, Gulasiflor. I don't know. Like uh, you're getting a head nod, so we're going to assume you're close <laughs> enough. <laughs> Yamper. <Yeah>, <laughs> Pokemon Center Lady, and our non-hollow rare is not Neen Tails. No, it's Nine Tails. <laughs> guys. Oh, shit. Uh, Danny, I appreciate you jumping on and hanging out with us. I I know you're busy, 
and we're just this pokey dad hour but I'm glad you found time and hung out with us no thank you very much yes. this was a lot of fun it's a nice break from yeah. the routine yeah thank you for coming I learned a lot about just kind of like the, the back end side of like the like the non actual playing side during this so that was actually that was really interesting cool so yeah I, I, I definitely appreciate that. on yeah I <clears throat> I think you've got a lot of insight to stuff that like Aaron said, there's a lot of things that maybe we don't understand or know about because we're not doing that. Um, and I think your insight too, it's pretty pretty knowledgeable. Not to mention the fact that you probably know everything about pretty much every single card because you've seen them all a million times. So, yeah. You can pronounce them properly also. Some Correct. of them. Correct. <laughs> you should teach a class. Hey, there's an idea. No, I had a lot of fun. You guys are great. I really appreciate the offer to come on. It was great. Yeah, we just thought it would be good to just have someone on that was the opposite side where everyone's just talking about decks and this card and this card. It would just be good, like, there's another side of Pokemon, outside of collecting, of course, where the people go to when they want to collect. You're the guy. They'll be like, hey, do you have this one single card? Yes. Give it to me. I like to pretend right to now. Just give it to me. So, uh, once again, um, Danny, if you want, um, toss out your Instagram or any other place they can find you. Um, yeah, so my Instagram is danny.phantom, I think. I think that's what it is. Yeah, danny.phantom. <laughs> um, that's what I use mostly now just to buy and sell cards. It's like a whole other world that I wasn't used to. Um, I'm just Danny Phantom on Twitter. I don't usually use Twitter much anymore. Um, so follow me on Instagram because that's where I do a lot of giveaways. Um, try to message people as much as possible and go live. Um but that's where you can find me right now. I'm on YouTube, too, as Danny Phantom, but that's still to come once I can find time. Yeah. All right. Uh, we appreciate it. Thank you guys for coming in and listening to Pokedads. As usual, you can find us anywhere. If you're listening to us now anyway, then you already found us, so appreciate it. And then if you're Congrats. new and you just stumbled on... <laughs> um, make sure you check the past episodes we start from the very basics to all the way up of me and Pokedad Scott battling each other it was a lot of fun and we're looking to do that again at some point and if you want to please follow us on Spotify hit that 5 star review on iTunes we appreciate it 5 star 5 star even if we didn't do a good job give us that 5 star anyway and hit us up in our DMs and tell us what we can do better because we want to do better <laughs> I have a question. Anything else, guys? That's a- Why would they give us five stars <laughs> if we weren't five stars? I'm just curious. Because they still so, like so you. We stay perfect. Just, yeah. yeah, that's a good point. See, that was, that's a question for the fans because I would be thinking, well, your podcast was absolute horseshit. Why am I going to give you five stars? <laughs> but I like you. Five. So that's five stars. That's a good point. Good point. Listen to that, everybody, please. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Danny, thank you. Thank you again. We appreciate it. And always, I'm Pokedad Rick. I'm Pokedad Scott. No, I'm Pokedad Aaron. Go ahead, Danny. Pokedanny Phantom. Pokedad. <laughs> yeah. Dad Annie. Phantom. I got nothing. Pokedad. That was, that was, that was close. Phantom. Pokedad Danny. You got this. You got this. You guys have a wonderful day. I appreciate it.
Um, I'm, just real quick, is anyone experiencing audio going in and out, or is it just me? Just, just you. you. Yeah, no problems. Yeah, my life sucks. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I fucking hate Discord. 